and welcome to My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm your host, Dr. Richard McKinnon. I'm a chartered psychologist and coach. And this is the first of a series of episodes where we're going to take a look at some productivity-related topics. The last few episodes were all about understanding self-awareness and how we can build our self-awareness over time. And now we're going to focus on how we can get some more of the important things done as we go about our day. Now, first of all, though, we've noticed uh, a really, really nice thing, which is a significant increase in listeners. So you're all very welcome. And if this is your first episode, thanks for joining us. Um, and so what I thought I would do is just take a moment to remind everyone about the resources that accompany this podcast. So first of all, you can find all the show notes and uh, the references that we cite and so on on our website at worklifepsych.com slash podcast. And all the episodes are organized by uh, episode number there, easy to find. And of course, if you have feedback, uh, thoughts, opinions, questions, or examples you'd like to share with us, you can send us an email, podcast at worklifepsych.com. It is Always a treat to hear from people who listen to the podcast, uh, who share their experiences, who ask questions, or just let us know that they're enjoying it. Um, it's always really nice to hear from you. So don't be shy. Send us an email. And of course, you can continue the conversation with us. You can uh, add your views, um, ask more detailed questions over on our online community hub, worklifepsych.club. This is free to join. And it focuses on the topics that we specialize in here at Work Life Psych, all about productivity and well-being and interpersonal effectiveness. And we have monthly online meetups and just ongoing chats about stuff like this. So worklifepsych.club, if you'd like to spend a little bit more time focused on topics like this. So what is the topic? Um, well, actually, we're looking again at a really big topic that I'm going to split over a couple of episodes. And that is uh, why we tell ourselves stories to talk ourselves out of doing important things. Yes, procrastination. And this is a really relevant topic across virtually all of the areas that we work in here. Um, it, it comes up so regularly in coaching conversations. Uh, I end up addressing it in workshops across productivity-related topics, but also the interpersonal stuff like having a difficult conversation or giving someone feedback. The root of all of this, why we decide to talk ourselves out or, or listen to stories we tell ourselves about it, the root of all of this is that we find something uncomfortable and we'd rather not experience discomfort. So let's start at the very beginning of this by answering the question, what is procrastination? If you decide to reschedule an activity uh, because events, <laughs> something more important crops up, there's a bit of a crisis or it just makes sense to do the thing on another day, well, that's rescheduling. That's not procrastination. And if you decide not to do something because it's no longer relevant, well, that's not procrastination. That's just being flexible. Procrastination is when we introduce irrational delays to some activity that means we'll later have some meaningful consequences. 
So it's not deciding to watch our favorite show a little bit later. It's not about delaying the start of a meal, but it is about deciding something that we could do now is better done tomorrow simply because we feel it's a little bit uncomfortable. And as we've said on this program so many times before, discomfort can take many shapes and forms and is quite a subjective experience. So what we don't have today is a list of uncomfortable things for you to choose from, but rather I'd ask you, the listeners, to consider the kinds of discomfort you really don't like experiencing and to zoom in on that as a potential route for your procrastination. Now, procrastination isn't some kind of moral failing. It's not laziness. Uh, It's not um, a lack of skill, really. It it boils down to our tendency to shy away from some forms of psychological discomfort. That's all it is. And so better, um, we're better placed to invest our energy in managing that than to try and uh, beat ourselves up, feel remorse, feel, feel guilt or shame about it. That stuff doesn't help anybody. Now, it is a problem. Procrastination is a problem on a number of levels. Not the occasional pushing something into tomorrow, but the chronic procrastination. This definitely has an impact on our productivity and the quality of our work. It has an impact on our relationships, especially if our procrastination means that periodically we're getting a bit stressed out, a bit anxious, that we're letting other people down, uh, and therefore can have an impact on our reputation too. And it has an impact on our well-being and our mental health. And I I came across um, a paper I want to cite here, and I'll quote directly from this. Um, And it was conducted by a team at Durham University uh, in uh, social and health psychology. And the quote is, chronic procrastination reflects a tendency to deal with difficult emotions linked to tasks through avoidance. And avoidance is a coping strategy that is not effective for managing stress. Avoidance provides immediate relief from stress, but contributes to greater stress in the long run. Over time, both chronic stress and a pattern of poor health behaviors can increase risk for more serious health issues, including poor cardiovascular health, end quote. So what I'm not saying, um, what they're not saying, is the occasional example of procrastination is going to hamper your cardiovascular health, but it's a network, a web, a system of uh, avoidance-based responses that are bad for us. So avoidance is rarely, if ever, helpful. It's rarely, if ever, sustainable. But the challenge is, in the moment, our avoidance, our shying away from something, feels good. It gives us relief from the discomfort we associate with the task. This is at the very root of our procrastination habit. And what helps us with this um, is self-awareness, which is what we've been talking about over the last few episodes, and honesty, honesty with ourselves. So why do I frame this as um, the importance of listening out for unhelpful stories we might tell ourselves? Because if we decide to push something into next week or into never, never, um, we, well, we as humans like to be consistent and logical and reasonable. So we tell some stories to ourselves to insert some reason into an otherwise irrational decision. We like to be consistent, and so we end up going through all kinds of mental gymnastics to get there. 
And these little stories we tell ourselves, well, they're attractive because they help us, but over time they can get us into all kinds of problems. Essentially what we're doing here, and I'll return to this point uh, later in this episode and next time, essentially what we're doing is rather than moving towards the task and its completion, we're moving away from the discomfort associated with the task. So a very simple question we can ask ourselves is, with the choice in front of me, will it help me move towards getting the task done? Or is it simply to enable me to move away from some of the discomfort that I associate with this task? And of course, our procrastination means that the next time we realize the task needs to be done, we have the discomfort of the task itself, but also the realization that we've deprived ourselves of some time and space and energy to get it done. And that's doubly uncomfortable. Now, the discomfort itself could be boredom. It could be frustration. It could be a lack of clarity or the presence of ambiguity. It could be a sense of unfairness that you have to do it at all. You know, it, there's so many different ways it could show up, but it's just basically something we don't want to think or feel. And in an instant, we make that decision to push this away into the future. It's a problem for future me to sort out. And of course, tomorrow, future you is present you. And I think we can all identify with that. So what are these stories that we tell ourselves? I want to share some examples, not to shame anyone, not to make anyone feel bad, but to help everyone recognize the presence of these stories or similar ones so they can pause for a moment before buying into them and acting on them and therefore uh, continuing the habit of procrastination. The first is a very attractive story, um, which is that this will be easier tomorrow. And of course, that makes sense. Okay, if I give it a little bit more time and I start it tomorrow, uh, it will feel easier. But will it? I mean, it, it, this is really based on the fact that we believe that just the passing of time, just the, the clock moving forward, just us coming back to it tomorrow, the task itself will be significantly easier. And if we think about that for a moment, if anything, it could be more difficult because we've deprived ourselves of time to get it done. But really, we're not going to be a different person tomorrow, are we? We're going to be the same person. And we're going to rock up to work. We're going to sit down and we're going to say, oh, that still needs to be done. And it's not easier today, is it? So believing that there's something inherent to the task that's going to be easier in the future is one of these enticing stories to look out for. And of course, there's many, many variants of this, right? It takes different shapes and forms, but a belief that the task itself will change in the future is at the root of a lot of these stories. We can also have um, a misplaced belief that we will be different in the future. So for example, I'll do it tomorrow because I'll have more motivation tomorrow. And this story doesn't help us on a number of levels, really. I mean, one, we're not going to be a different person in just a few hours or even a few days. And if we're putting motivation as a precursor, effectively a barrier before doing the task, then we're letting ourselves in for some problems because motivation is quite volatile. 
It's not permanent. It comes and goes. And actually, for so many of the things we procrastinate about, we don't need motivation as such. We need clarity on the task and just making a start. So you're not necessarily going to have more motivation for this task tomorrow. You might feel better about the world around you. You might be in a better mood. But does that mean that you'll have more motivation to do this thing tomorrow? Another way that these stories can get in the way of us actually um, cracking on with work is that we tell ourselves a story about the resources need needed to complete the task. So we might say, well, I don't need much time to do this. Uh, I, can, I can leave it till later. And we're sort of pushing it away because if it's only going to take me a few minutes, then I can find those few minutes at a point in the future. Rather than well, what could be a much more rational approach, this will only take me a few minutes, so I could do it now. And that's one to look out for. If you don't think it's going to take much time, why not do it now? It helps unearth the fact that it's not time you're thinking about. It's the unpleasantness you associate with the task. I want to cover off another uh, story, another belief at this point, which is so pervasive that, I mean, really, we could have a whole episode just about this, <laughs> but um, the belief that I work better with a last-minute deadline, and so, therefore, I'll leave this task till much later, and then the pressure of the deadline will help me do a better job. Now, where to start? Um, we could unpick this from several uh, different perspectives, but one, and this is what I would ask someone when they say this to me. How do you know this to be true? Have you experimented with different ways of working so that you do give yourself more time and you've compared the two uh, conditions if we're thinking in experimental terms? Or have you always waited till the last minute and somehow survived and believed, told yourself the story that that's a superior or more efficient or easier way of dealing with it? Now, deadlines do focus our attention. They're there for a purpose. But if we treat them like some kind of sword of Damocles hanging over us, that we must just get this in under the wire, then that's quite a stressful way of working. And of course, that can have an impact on other people. We're back to our relationships and our reputation. If we're leaving something till the very last minute, what impact might that have on the people that work with us who are waiting for our outputs or merely those people who are witnessing us turn into a bit of a stress monkey while we're waiting um, for that clock ticking forward and we're not, we're not finished yet. So I work better with the last minute rush of adrenaline to get something done. I challenge that. I really do. And, um, Get in touch if that's one that's getting in the way for you. But does that pressure, does that stress, do, do those feelings of anxiety really improve the quality of your work? Yeah, you might get something done by the deadline, but do you get your best work done by the deadline? One of the more counterintuitive uh, roots of procrastination is a tendency towards the perfectionistic. And so anyone who's listening who has those perfectionistic tendencies, a real overemphasis on getting things just right, they might find themselves saying, well, this needs to be perfect. So I need to wait for the perfect conditions to do it. 
And if we're looking for perfection in the output, we'll look to ourselves per for perfection and the environment we're in. So it's not the perfect day. I'm not in the perfect mood. I haven't got all of the things I need to get it all done. So it will have to wait to another day. Now, this should stand out um, to everyone as something that really undermines us. Because what we're doing, if we want this thing to be great, um, and what is perfection, right? Well, that's another episode. But if we want it to be superb, a really great output, a piece of work, then why are we robbing ourselves of time to consider it, to reflect, to prepare, to make progress, to iterate? It doesn't make any sense. The more important the output, the more we want to be able to dedicate our limited resources to it. One of these stories that can be very attractive and also a bit of a double-edged sword because there is some truth to it is that I'll do a better job with a fresh start. Now, the fresh start could be tomorrow. The fresh start could be next week. And we've spoken about the fresh start effect on this uh, show before. The ability that we have as humans to sort of draw a line in the sand and say, from this date forward, I'm going to give myself a fresh start with a behavior, with an attitude, with a way of working. We're able to have a do-over, if you like, and consign all of the past mistakes to the past and not carry them forward with us. And it's a very effective way of introducing some change to our behavior. But we can easily over-egg that with a lack of honesty and a belief that somehow the fresh start will permeate through all aspects of who we are. Do we need a complete fresh start in order to make a start on this work. And if we do identify next Monday, next Friday, the beginning of next month as the fresh start, uh, is that going to have any bearing on how we approach this task at all? Or will the kind of inherent uh, discomfort associated with it persist? And in all likelihood, it will. Uh, we'll be the same person, it will be the same task, and all we've done is delay the inevitable. I mentioned earlier the false belief or the unhelpful belief that we can have about uh, needing more motivation. There's a very similar but different example of a story when we say that we need something else in order to make a start, confidence or happiness. So we're looking at beliefs or emotional states, which of course are really volatile. They come and go. We are not, as we've said before here, we're not permanently happy. And in fact, chasing that permanent happiness can cause us all kinds of problems. But if we're waiting for something as arbitrary as confidence or happiness to appear before we can make a start, we're sort of throwing our productivity uh, up in the air and saying, well, it depends which way this coin lands as to whether I'll make a start or not. Being honest with ourselves means we can say, do I really actually need to feel happy or confident before I can make a start on this? Am I placing some very, very out of my control um, barriers uh, in front of myself before I can make a start on this important task? I'm talking myself out of it in a sense. Now, there are so many flavors of these stories. Um, but hopefully with this brief description, you've maybe identified some that you've bought into in the past. I think they all boil down to one fundamental story. I might even put it out there as one fundamental lie we tell ourselves that 
delaying this won't cause me any future problems whatsoever. Because a lot of the stories are also associated with some very misplaced optimism that our plan is going to work for us. In other words, I'm going to procrastinate about all this paperwork. It's not going to take me so long. I'll do it on Friday afternoon. And we come into work on Friday morning and in ways that we couldn't have predicted and based on things that are totally out of our control, we end up putting out fires left, right and center and dealing with um, problems and accidents and emergencies and unexpected demands. And all of that time we were going to dedicate to these very short, simple bits of paperwork, what's well, evaporated. Our optimism was very misplaced. I mean, we can't even predict the next 10 minutes, never mind the next week. But it's another way of spotting this, this false optimism that our plan is just going to be fine. Now, in, in the next episode, what I'm going to do is take a look at some very simple steps that we can take, both from a thinking perspective and also some very practical things to beat this um, procrastination habit, because that's what it is. But between now and then, I'd ask you to reflect on what kinds of discomfort pop up for what kinds of tasks and what kind of stories you buy into that um, allow you to feel good about pushing things into the future. I don't want anyone to leave listening to this um, believing that life should be some kind of valley of tears and full of misery and I'm only doing the awful things. But on the flip side, we can't always just be doing pleasant, fun, and happiness-inducing things. In every role, there are tasks that aren't much fun. In every role, there are tasks that are more challenging or boring or uncertain. And instead of pushing them away and making life difficult for our future selves, we can simply focus on getting them done. Uh, we don't have to get rid of these stories. In fact, the more we debate with our mind, the less time and focus we'll have on the task itself. We can simply acknowledge them and yet make a start. I'd love to hear from you if this has resonated with you. Um, if you procrastinate about certain things, because that's really what we do. We don't procrastinate about everything in our lives. We tend to procrastinate about certain tasks, certain activities. So if you've identified your theme of procrastination, if you've uh, listened to these stories and they've resonated with you, uh, if you found a way to overcome it for yourself, I'd love to hear from you. But the last thing um, I want really ringing in your ears is beating yourself up over this is not helpful. Acknowledging that you're not helping yourself is. Identifying an alternative is. So think about what you can do differently rather than how bad you should feel about procrastinating in the past. You can email us, podcast at worklifepsych.com. You'll find the show notes for this at worklifepsych.com slash podcast. We'd love to hear from you. I would really like to hear your views on this. And don't forget to join us for next episode when I'll be outlining some simple things we can all do to beat the procrastination habit. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading this episode of My Pocket Psych. 
To get in touch with questions and feedback, you can tweet us at worklifepsych or leave us a message on the contact form at www.worklifepsych.com/contact. Thanks for listening.